Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. To take this opportunity for granted. Until something comes along that keeps you from being here. Amen. It's a privilege. Well, it's our obligation. Yeah, it is. But it's one of the best obligations I can think of. I'm obligated to come into the presence of royalty. Yes, sir. That's right. Amen. Amen. I think we need to start serving some coffee on Sunday mornings. Praise God. I think some of you would support that. I've had mine, but mine's decaf, so it doesn't matter. I just get up a little earlier on Sunday morning, so I'm ready to meet him when I get here. Amen. Sunday morning only comes once a week. I don't want to miss it. That's not my message this morning. I want to give honor to my bishop today. Didn't he do a wonderful job Wednesday night? Hey Amen. If you were here Wednesday night, let's give Bishop and the Lord a good hand. He did an outstanding job delivering the word of the Lord to us. Hey Amen. We're so thankful for that. We get, we get one more dose of that this week. Thank you, Jesus. If you weren't here Wednesday night, you need to make it this Wednesday. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to try my best. Oh, that was weak. We've really got to work on that, folks. I don't know what your mileage per gallon is through the week, but by Wednesday I need fill up. Praise God. Uh, my 40 minutes is ticking. I've got to move on. I give honor to my pastor this morning. I know he's not here, but he's going to listen to this, and I want you to know, Pastor, I love you. I appreciate you, and whatever day or month you choose to listen to this, I want you to reflect back on this day when you weren't here and know that publicly I appreciate you, and I count it an absolute privilege and honor to serve with you. Amen. I love my pastor this morning. Amen. Not because he's family. I love him because he's my pastor. Amen. Whenever I exit 1121 Cedar Street, I love him because he's family. Praise God. I feel something special this morning. And it's not the coffee. Although it was pretty good. I must admit, I make a mean cup of joe. First Chronicles chapter 4 and verse number 10. I won't keep you standing much longer. The Bible says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast some of you that think that it's wrong to pray for yourself I want you to pay attention this morning alright because in some instances in life if you're not praying for yourself no one else is I'm not talking about selfishness I'm talking about necessity sometimes it's an absolute necessity that I go to God on behalf of me I can't repent if I'm not talking to him about me so if you're never praying for yourself, you're never repenting. Woo! Right. Mercy. 
that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it might not grieve me look at this last sentence and God granted him that which he requested and God granted him that which he requested would you lift your hands one more time with me this morning and just ask the Lord to minister to our minds and our spirits this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I approach your throne this morning and ask you for help. God, I'm about to do one of the things that is one of my most favorite things to do in life, God, and I need your help. Lord, I need your anointing. I need your fervor. I need your compassion. Help me to speak to this people this morning encouraging words from the Word of God. Lord, draw us closer to you and we'll not fail to praise you for it. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Somebody say amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. That's a courtesy, not a command. Thank you, Jesus. His name was Chippy. He was a parakeet. He never saw it coming. One second, he was peacefully perched in his cage. The next he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. The owner decided one day to clean the cage that Chippy stayed in with a vacuum cleaner. She removed the attachment from the end of the hose and stuck it in the cage. Yes, the bird was still in the cage. She had barely got the hose in the cage when the phone rang. And she turned to the side and barely said hello, then Chippy got sucked in. The owner gasped and hung up the phone, turned off the vacuum, opened up the bag, and there was Chippy. Still alive, but stunned. Covered in dust and soot, she grabbed him and raced to the bathroom, turned on the faucet and held the bird under the running water. Then, realizing that Chippy was about to drown, she pulled him out from under the running water, soaked and shivering. She did what any compassionate bird owner would do. She reached for the hair dryer and blasted that little parakeet with hot air. Chippy never knew what hit him. A few days later, the reporter who wrote about the event, this is a true story, not just an analogy, she called the owner to see how the bird was recovering. Well, the owner replied, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits and stares. Not hard to see why. You get sucked in, washed up, and blown over. That's enough to steal joy from the stoutest heart this morning. Some of you today, much like Chippy, have had the toils of life cause you to feel sucked in, washed up, and blown over. Your joy has been placed, replaced by a cynical attitude. The promises God once gave you now seem like a distant memory. How many of you this morning, by show of hands, have ever had God speak a prophetic word to you that still has not come to pass? Amen. There, there's some of you that I know have didn't raise your hand. That's all right. The promises that God once gave you seem like nothing but a memory. 
You struggle to just barely go through the motions of a worship service just to maintain an appearance of desire. Lack of trust in others has caused you to delay your trust in God. The pain you have felt through many of life's situations have left you with little more than a blank stare. And you don't know what to do next. Make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen, life can be hard. Dealing with situations that are outside of our control are difficult. Dealing with the notion that God has made promises to me but hasn't delivered on them yet makes it difficult to hold on to my faith sometimes. Especially when other people let me down. Especially when church people let me down. You will be church hurt before you are ever world hurt. Because our expectations are not correct when we come in here. We expect the people across the aisle to be perfect and to never miss it and to never let me down. Ladies and gentlemen, that's never going to happen. So we're going to be hurt. Whether it's in this building or outside of this building. It becomes difficult sometimes to hold on to faith. If the people around me don't care, then maybe God doesn't care either. These are some of the feelings that we often have. Perhaps some of you have had or have these same feelings today. We live in a self-gratifying world. Give it to me now or I don't want it. I feel that way at dinner time sometimes. If I'm really hungry... I mean hungry. I don't mean lowercase h, little, you know, little, you know, yeah, I might could eat. I'm talking about it's after work. I'm talking it's Wednesday night after church because I don't eat dinner before Wednesday night. It's too close before leading worship and the stomach just can't handle it. Uh, After church is over on Wednesdays, Bishop, I am absolutely S-T-A-R-V-I-N-G. I am starving. Get out of my way because I'm not fellowshipping long on Wednesdays. I'm headed to the car. I am hungry. I want it and I want it now. I'm not going home to cook an hour meal. I wouldn't know how to if I had to. It'd have to be microwavable. Unless it's breakfast. I can do breakfast. But I'm not waiting. The longest I'll wait for a meal on Wednesday nights is 15 minutes. Because that gives me time to get in the shower and get out and the bell go off. If it takes longer than that, forget it. I'm going somewhere else. If I'm desperate enough, I'll even go to McDonald's. I don't like McDonald's. Contrary to Bishop and his wife, I don't have stock at McDonald's. They should own the place by now. I, I don't like McDonald's except for just every so often. But if I'm desperate enough, I'll take anything. Are you following me this morning? We want it and we want it now. But we do ourselves an injustice when we come to the house of God expecting God to operate by the same rules that we operate by. God is not a self-gratifying God. Listen to me this morning. He will operate on His timetable. But I guarantee you this morning and you can take this to the bank and cash it. He will never be late. 
Just because he's not answering you when you think he should doesn't mean he's not paying attention. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's always on the job. He's attuned to your problem. He's attuned to your issue. He knows your circumstances. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. God knows where you're at. On a Sunday morning when you've not had near enough caffeine, God knows where you're at. He knows what you need and he knows exactly when you need it in spite of what you think. First Chronicles begins First Chronicles chapter 4 begins with the writer detailing for us in meticulous fashion all of the exciting I know you're on the edge of your seat right now. All of the exciting list of genealogy of the sons of Judah. Woo, that's good stuff. I can see the excitement written all over your forehead. Everybody in here loves to read the begats. In case you don't know me well enough to know this morning, I'm being sarcastic, all right? I don't know a single person that loves to read the begats. You read them because they're there. And then when you're done, you're like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to say? Judah had a son. He had a whole litter of them. And then they had more. Thank you, Jesus. But he details it for us. Just because I know it's so exciting. We're going to back up to 1 Chronicles 4 and 1. We're going to go through some of these together for just a moment. 1 Chronicles 4 and 1, Brother Malone, says the sons of Judah, Pharetz, Hezron, and Carmi, and Hur, and Shoval, and Reiah, the son of Shoval, beget Yahath. And Yahath beget Ahumai and Lahad. These are the families of the Zorathites. And these were of the father of Etam, Jezreel, and Ishma, and Edbash. And the name of their sister was Hazelel Poni. Say that five times real fast. And Penuel, the father of Gedor, and Ezer, the father of Hushah. These are the sons of Hur, the firstborn of Ephratah, the father of Bethlehem. And Ashur, the father of Tekoa, had two wives, Helah and Naara. And Naara bare him Ahazum, and Hefer, and Temeni, and Haash. Hashtari. It's fun stuff, right? These were the sons of Naara, and the sons of Hela were Zeareth and Jezoar and Ethnon. And Colts begat, begat Anub and Zobeba, and the families of Aharhel, the son of Harun. Now that's exciting stuff. Some of you's half asleep, so I've got to stop. Verses 1 through eight, very detailed as to who's who. It's just a, it's just a family list. It's a genealogy list. If, if you're into the, the DNA kits and stuff they've got out now, this should probably excite you. But it's just going down the line, starting with Judah down through who's who. Now, at verse number eight, after the writing after the writer pins the last name, suddenly, 
this story takes a serious right turn. And the Bible says in verse number 9, And Jabez was more honorable. Notice now, Jabez is not listed in the genealogy. All right? We have now a, a story within a story. I don't know what that's called. I tried to look it up last night on what it's called when a writer puts a story inside a story. I couldn't find it, but I'm sure there's a name for it. But he stops giving the genealogy. It's as if he has a bad case of ADHD. All right, some of you that have kids that can't pay attention, I think the writer might have had a dose of that because he's going through, maybe he got bored writing it. I don't know. But he's going through this list of names and then all of a sudden he stops and he says, and. Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. And enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it might not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Now, in verse number 11, I'm not going to read it. But in verse number 11, the writer immediately returns back to continuing this long list of genealogy for the remainder of the chapter. So literally, two verses buried in a list of a family's who, who's who is a different story. It's embedded there. No one knows why. No one understands how that this writer was focused on the genealogy of Judah and all of a sudden he inserts this. But perhaps I could share with you a few ideas this morning as to why this is relevant for us. The writer is fully focused on Judah. But it decides that it's important to take this little stop and insert this small, seemingly insignificant story of Jabez. Jabez is not mentioned anywhere else in Scripture. The only other place the word is used in the Bible, it's referring to a city and not the man. So as far as Jabez the man, the character, the story, this is it. Two verses, seemingly un unimportant, seemingly as though you've got this list, we'll bury Jabez inside all the boring stuff, and most people probably just aren't going to pay attention to it. However, as we know it as readers in the 21st century, we understand that in God's word, nothing is there by accident. God, in his holy design, moved upon the hands of men as they begin to write by inspiration of his spirit those things and happenings which he wanted us to know. We understand today that the Bible is not a 100% account of everything that happened. It is not a detailed history of every single event that occurred. It's the highlights. It's the important stuff that God wanted us 
to know. If they had written everything in the ancient times, the book could not contain it. So apparent, I say that to say this this morning, Jabez must be important. Inserting him in these two verses in this chapter must have some significance if it was important enough to hit the roster. The name Jabez means to grieve or sorrowful or pain. Now I ask you this morning, how would you feel if your parents named you pain? Now I had my parents call me a pain a time or two. But my name wasn't pain. How would you, I mean, look, look at your neighbor this morning and say, I, I don't think I'd like that. Unless you would. If you would, glory to God, hallelujah. But Jabez was named, now you've been in this church enough, long enough, more than likely. You've heard us say enough times over history that names hold significance. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew language, I promised myself I wouldn't Hebrewize you this morning, so I'm just, I'm touch and go here. But in the Hebrew language, every word has significance. Every single word has a masterful significance. That's why it's referred to as God's language. So Jabez, he's named Pain. Somewhere in the middle of talking about Judah, there's a reference to a situation that brought sorrow and pain. Amen. Let me say that just a little bit differently this morning. Somewhere in the middle of talking about praise, there's a reference to a situation that brought sorrow and pain. Because we recognize Judah, the tribe of Judah, were the praisers. Judah, when we refer to Judah, we're referring to praise. Let me say it again. I want to tweak it just a little bit more. Somewhere in the middle of praise, there was sorrow and pain. Now there's two things we can learn from this situation. One, the deeper your praise goes, the deeper your praise goes, the more likely you are to encounter something about yourself you don't like. Or something about yourself that you need to change. Now I slowed down here on purpose because I want to make sure that this sinks in. Because self-evaluation is the last thing we do. It's not easy to self-evaluate. The easiest thing and the more popular thing in this generation and in this era is to point blame. Let me tell you something, that's easy. It is easy to point the finger and find fault. Well, I'm this way because of my parents or I'm this way because of this. No, you're not. Not if you've been saved. Listen to me clearly this morning. If you've been saved, if you've been born again of the water and of the Spirit, you can no longer blame your parents for how you are. Because the Bible declares that we go down in the watery grave of baptism and we come up to walk in the newness of life. He made you brand new when you took on His name. Now, if you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, you can blame your mom and dad all you want to. 
Amen. Well, I'm having fun whether you are or not. But praise. If you get deep in your praise, this is why some people won't praise. Because if you get deep in your praise, it will cause you to look in the mirror. And it'll give you a self-reflection. Because somewhere in your praise, you'll be saying, oh God, that's me. Help me. Help me. That's why praise is attached to receiving the Holy Ghost. You can't receive the Holy Ghost with your lips closed. You can't receive the Holy Ghost unless you praise in Him. Because praise causes us to understand ourselves just a little bit better. And know that I need change. And the only one that can invoke change in my life is Him. I need Him. So deep praise will draw you closer to God and cause you to desire change that makes you more like Him. Or, listen to me now, or it will repel you. If you're not interested in drawing close to Him. Because the Bible says that Jesus came to save us from our sins. Not in them. So you can't walk arm in arm with Jesus and stay the same. There has to be a change. This is why we need to do everything we can do to avoid shallow praise. Amen. Because shallow praise will make you think you're right. When in reality, you're no different than you were before except you sing to Him. Now Bishop said it Wednesday night and he said it good. Anybody can praise. And that's true. I, I, that, that, he, don't, I, he don't need me to say that I support that statement, but I do. It's an absolutely correct statement. Anybody can praise. But not everybody's going deep. And only the deep folk are the ones that's going to survive. Now this isn't in my notes this morning, but let me, let me give you just a little bit of prophetic word today. If you want to survive the era in which the United States is living, you better get some deep praise in your life. Because shallow praise isn't going to cut it. Because things are changing, dynamics are changing, our country is changing, our, our cities and states are changing. We're not who we used to be. But the church needs to arise in this hour and say, God, I'm not going to survive on shallow praise. I want to praise you. I need a deep praise that draws me closer to you. Somebody shout amen. I don't think I told you, but my subject this morning is carrying your blessing. The second thing that we learn from having pain in the middle of praise is that praise in and of itself is not always easy. There are pains and sorrows that we will experience on the journey. There are pains and sorrows that we will feel, we will endure, we will have to face all while praising Him. And I'm not meaning just in a praise setting. We, we have to get to the place in, in growth in God and our maturity with God to understand that praise is not something I do for 20 minutes on Sunday morning. Praise was a people. 
praise should be. If, if, you're, if, you're, if you're Holy Ghost baptized this morning, praise is in your DNA. And if you're not praising, you're fighting who you really are. Amen. It, it should be impossible for a Holy Ghost filled Christian to not praise him. Let me declare it this way this morning and I, I'm trying to be bold and compassionate at the same time. I don't know if I'm succeeding or not but let me tell you today that if you've got the Holy Ghost and you're not praising Him you are denying who you are before God. Because in the DNA of His Spirit is praise, 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 praise. There, was, there is not a in the Old Testament that they didn't send praise in first. And that's what's wrong with this hour. That's what's wrong with this country. We've taken praise out of our situations and we think we're so intelligent that we can figure it out on our own and we'll do it ourselves. Doing it ourselves since 1964 when they took prayer out of school as if I got my right year. Doing it ourselves since then has gotten us where we are today. Because it didn't stop there. It matters not this morning where you fall on the political line. It matters not this morning where you fall on the debate of guns or no guns. It matters not this morning whether you, where you fall. What matters today is are you ready for tomorrow? I've got to be careful what I say. If you, want to, if you want to talk deeper in this subject, catch me on the sidewalk. But let me just say this. My faith is not in Donald Trump. My faith is not in Hillary Clinton. As a matter of fact, my faith wasn't in any of the other candidates either. And, and, and I hope I don't sound completely unpatriotic, but I've traveled the globe enough that it's caused me to have a different perspective on good old USA. And whenever I combine that with what's happening now, whenever I do travel the globe, I'm, I'm a tad bit embarrassed. I must admit. I told my wife, I said, I don't want to sound unpatriotic, but there's plenty of times that I deal with colleagues that are in other countries and questions they ask me that I'm just a little embarrassed to be American. So let me tell you this morning, I know July 4th is coming, I'm going to wear my American flag tie and we're going to shout America and I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be proud to eat potato salad and baked beans. But let me tell you something, my faith is not in the United States. My faith is in whom I believe. And I believe in the one who has the power to save. I believe this morning in the one that has the power to say to yonder mountain, be thou removed. My faith is in the one bishop that has the power to say, arise dead person. My faith is in the one that can say to the lame walk, to the blind eyes open, to the deaf ears hear. My faith this morning is in Jesus Christ and him only. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Nothing else, ladies and gentlemen, matters. Our houses, our cars, our jobs, even our families are limited in how much they matter if I don't have a relationship with him. I've got to have a right relationship. 
And the only way, I, 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 I'm really trying hard this morning not to sound like I'm harping, but you're in an apostolic church. We need to act like it. And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to be abrasive. I'm, I'm just saying we, 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 we cannot, we cannot, we cannot sacrifice our time to praise. I, I, I hope you don't think I'm mean this morning because some of this isn't in my notes. I'm just trying to feel after him today. But whenever I look over my shoulder, and I know you've got to be careful with that, but whenever I look over my shoulder and I see some days gone by, Bishop, and I, I, see, I see men that I used to have faith and trust in. I, I, could, I could name drop right now, but I won't because we're going to be on the net. And I'm not trying to be offensive this morning, but I could name drop to you men of God that have stood behind holy desks that have preached the word of God without fear and favor. Some of the same men of God, I've had them lay their hand on my forehead and say, thus saith God. Now, they're involved in shallow praise. They have no depth. They have no holiness. They have no righteousness. It's anything goes, just come to church. They have walked away from the truth. They have believed a lie. That's why we need to avoid shallow praise. Because I heard a statement just a few nights ago that was made at General Ministry Conference where Pastor and then was at. It was live streaming. And I, I, I clicked the link on my phone and got just a couple of minutes in. And I heard a statement from a man of God that was preaching. I believe it was Thursday night. He said, a church that doesn't praise is a church that will lose their holiness. Bishop, that stirred me. Because when I look over my shoulder and I see days gone by, I can remember. And pardon me for just doing a little bit of comparative analysis this morning. But I can remember days gone by in this church. Even this sanctuary. I'm not talking building number one or building number two. I'm not talking Kingsburg. I'm talking name change, Mount Carmel address, 1121 Cedar Street. I can remember a time that you couldn't, you couldn't separate people. They were elbow to elbow shouting and running through here. I can remember days gone by that we couldn't hardly stop singing a song for people huckabucking. And now I stop singing a song because I'm wore out trying. Please stay with me this morning. I'm honestly not trying to be abrasive, but I've got to be obedient. We need to remember from where we came from. Bishop, you even made that statement Wednesday night. We need to remember where we came from. What, I, I'm asking you rhetorically this morning. I want you to think to yourself, what has God brought you from? Because some of you came in here. Some of you came in here drug addicts. Some of you came in here alcoholics. Some of you came in here addicted to pornography. Some of you came in here, your marriage is on the rocks, wrecked, needing a miracle. Some of you came in here with issues that I don't even know about. What are you saying, Brother Mason? I'm saying, 
if you don't praise, that which you came from will be your destiny. You will return back to where you came from if you don't praise Him. Well, how is that possible? Because listening is not enough. The writer in the book of James, New Testament, said, Be ye also a doer of the word. Not just a hearer. I'm not, I'm not here this morning to judge how you praise. I, 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 everybody praises differently. All I'm trying to promote this morning is make sure that when you're praising, you're concentrating on Him. You're praising Him to the point of where you feel your deliverance. Because praise is not always easy. If, if you think praise is easy, raise your hand this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand up in the middle of the room by yourself and start praising. No takers. Praise is not always easy. Praise is easier when we do it collectively. When as the body, the body functions in the same direction. What would happen this morning... What would happen, I know I'm weird, but just stay with me. What would happen if I wanted to go that way and my left leg kept going this way? I can only go so far. That's a struggle. I have a hard enough time with balance walking straight, much less trying to go two different directions. We are the body of Christ. Bible says members in particular. He's the head. Somebody's the shoulder, somebody's the arm, somebody's the big toe. I don't care if I'm the pinky toe. I just want to be in the body. Amen. But when the body functions together, some of you have medical problems this morning ought to understand what I'm trying to say. When the body functions together healthy as it should, praise becomes easier. Because I don't have to worry about feeling like the odd man out. What are you saying? I'm saying we need to praise him together. Because it's in that praise people are healed. It's in that praise deliverance comes. It's in that praise people are filled with the Holy Ghost. There was a man, I won't call him by name. There was a man that came came to church in our second building he was new wife wasn't but he was bishop I don't remember what night it was I don't remember what service it was I don't remember what song we were singing but I remember we were singing we was worshiping and I don't remember I don't remember if I was singing or brother Terry was or both of us together because it was usually a combination of those three but somewhere we was, we was in the matter of worship and I remember looking back probably about somewhere close where Brother Don was sitting in distance and I remember seeing this guy and, and, and he was just like most rookie apostolic church folks he didn't have a beat you know isn't it interesting you can come to church you can come to an apostolic church brand new and not know how to clap your hands you give it six weeks you're clapping on beat amen but he was a clapping he was doing something he was just a, he just got to shaking 
and he just got to bouncing and he just got beside himself and it wasn't just a few moments later that he started speaking in tongues receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost in his praise he didn't have he didn't, he didn't have a time of preaching there wasn't an altar call it was in his worship I'm saying this morning that if you have need Find your answers in your worship and in your praise. If you're waiting on God, you're waiting too long. Amen. I'm, I'm starting my descent. Plane's going to land soon. Praise is not always easy, but praise is necessary for your deliverance. Let, 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 me, let me add to that. For those of you that feel like you don't need anything this morning, praise is necessary for your longevity. You cannot maintain your walk with God without relationship. My wife and I, this coming December, will celebrate 23 years of marriage. Now, I know that makes most of you just want to go, oh, you don't look that old. I know that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're my friends for life. I, I realize I got married when I was in kindergarten. But 20, <laughs> 23 years of marriage. You want to know how we did it? The relationship. Brother Freddie? I cannot count the number of times per day that I tell my wife I love her. I can't even count. If I tried it, it would have to go above 30. If we're texting and I'm done talking for the moment, Bishop, it usually ends with, I love you. If we're on the phone, we don't get off the phone until I've said, love you and it's usually I love you I try not to cut it short and be too relaxed about it I want to be intentional with it I love you mm, if we could just first of all we need to get that into our, our families but the reason why we don't have that in our families oftentimes is because we don't have that in our relationship with God you'll never have love in your home if you don't have love in your heart and the only way to get love in your heart is to have the love of God in your heart. Relationship. <clears throat> well, Brother Mason, you said praise is not always easy. Sometimes I don't feel like it. Join the club. We could go around the room right now. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I just want to be real this morning. We could go around the room with people who don't feel like it. That still praise. Bishop, I've lost two jobs in my career. Didn't know it till the day I went to work. First time it happened, I drove straight to his house. 
because I was scared to death to tell my wife because I didn't want her to see me as a failure even though it wasn't my fault I was scared Bishop you know that 2008 February I drove straight to his house I'd lost my cell phone because it was a company phone I had no way of calling my wife she was in the process of taking our son to the doctor we thought he had pneumonia I walk into work 7.30 my boss says senior VP wants to see you at 9 o'clock I'd been working on a, a project that was going to cost a couple of million dollars but was going to save several I'd been working on it for a while I thought maybe he wanted an update and they was ready to start considering setting some money back for it which I learned since I left they actually did launch it made me kind of feel good but I walked in his office at 9 o'clock Brother Freddie stack of binders and papers in hand all organized by subject I was ready to present because I had no clue what it was I was just trying to be prepared I walked in I sat down and I just looked at him waiting on him to say hey let's talk he wouldn't even look at me the room was quiet we just sat there and I started thinking to myself okay what discussions have I had with employees that I need to defend that has been misinterpreted or, or what have you? You know, the nice thing about telling the truth is you never have to really worry about remembering too much. Amen. But I was chasing my brain, thinking, what has happened that somebody could debate? I couldn't come up with anything. <clears throat> A couple of minutes in, HR director walks in, sits down, starts talking. And I realized in that moment immediately, I'm losing my job. I was devastated. I thought, dear God, I'm faithful to you. This isn't in my notes this morning. I wasn't planning on telling this today. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. And I want someone to understand that praise is not always easy, but it's necessary. I walked out. I had never been treated so bad. It was labeled as corporate downsizing. There wasn't a thing on my record that they could point toward me. Nothing had, nothing had been done. They even documented that I had done nothing as an employee to cause it. They were cutting. They cut 13 people that day in a matter of two hours. No one saw it coming. They said, don't go to your desk, grab your wallet and your keys, hit the car, don't say a word to anybody. We'll call you when you can come back and pick up your stuff. I felt like a criminal, Bishop. In my mind, immediately, I was thinking, God, why? I'm faithful to you. I'm faithful to you sometimes when I think it makes me stupid and I'm crazy because why? We do this, 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 and this. I love you. Why? That was in my mind in the immediate time. I walked out into that parking lot headed toward my car and I said it out loud because I needed the devil to know. As I was walking to the car, I said, I know in whom I believe.
I know the man I trust. It didn't make it a whole lot easier. I'm sad to tell you this morning. It was a little bit of consoling. But just that pure faith alone, it didn't make the next day easy. It didn't take away that feeling of being treated like a criminal. When I got to Bishop's house, he knew something was wrong because it was the middle of the morning and I should be at work. He listened. We prayed together. He did more of the praying. I just sat there and cried because I needed somebody to pray for me. And I, I'm, I'm telling a story about myself this morning because for two reasons, for example, and two, so no one else can get upset with me for divulging your personal information. Bishop, did I miss a service because I lost a job? Let me tell you something this morning. I, and I'm, I'm closing. And I, I'm trying to hurry to get there. While drawing unemployment, I paid my tithes. When I, when I didn't even have to. I, I'm not trying to pin roses on me today. I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to share with you what praise will do. Praise will help you keep your sanity. Praise will take you through to the next day. The day I lost my job was a few weeks after Sister Sheila had gotten some bad news. And I remember thinking to myself, Lord, what, what are you doing? But you know what got her through? Praise. Oh, I feel so burdened this morning. I can remember, forgive me for crying, but I can remember Sister Sheila McGee coming in and sitting on that pew by the back, back wall. And I can remember Pastor then letting everybody know, greet her from a distance, immune systems down because of chemotherapy and the medicine. But she didn't want to miss church. I hope this is all right. I can remember her coming in and sitting on that back wall. And I can remember things happening up here to where she just couldn't help herself. And the next thing you know, you'd find her up here. Next to people. Not distancing herself from praise. But it was praise that brought her through. It was praise that said, I'll see you cancer free. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're carrying a blessing this morning, don't give up. God's got victory waiting for you. Stand with me this morning. Could you lift your hands and just begin to call on his name together? Ha <laughs> It's praise that makes the difference. I can't have my deliverance without praise. Getting into a praise atmosphere positions us for change. 
I don't want to come to 1121 Cedar Street and just check in like a, like a Facebook check in and say I was here. I want to leave changed. Because in his presence, my sorrow can be healed. In his presence, my pain can be healed. This altar's open this morning. In, my, in his presence, my situation can change. In his presence, I can grow. I can change. I don't have to leave the same way I came. There's times I've walked into this building drunker than a man who's been drunk on alcohol and walked out straight all because of praise. There's been times I've walked out still drunk. But that's not going to change my praise. I wonder as many of us as could this morning could gather around this altar today. There's power in your praise. We're carrying a blessing today. You may not see it, you may not realize it, but somewhere between here and there, yes, there's difficulty. Yes, there's challenge. But as long as I don't stop praising him, Brother Terry, as long as I don't stop praising him, I'm going to make it to my blessing. I may not know I'm that close. See, sometimes we give up too close. Oh, you could just lift your hands and just begin to call on his name this morning. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.